are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is the Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that, and like you, right now. So be encouraged. And let your light shine. shine. everything we're ready oh my gosh i missed all the intro stuff the intro stuff is sometimes the best stuff i missed it oh Oh, well you'll get to hear it with everyone else here we go (laughs) oh all right take a deep breath wait (laughs) where are you going tonight (laughs) let me prepare now let her prepare now (laughs) 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 oh man i should just call myself beth tonight so we can just be beth beth and (laughs) and beth Beth. (laughs) welcome shine podcast (laughs) listeners oh it's Jay Elizabeth. Jay. Mm. Wait, where's that in your name? Hold on, hold on. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, I feel like every week you just get a little closer. <laughs> oh, never. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it's Kay Lauren. And we're here with the beautiful Beth Ann Sheldon. B. Ann. Yes, B. Ann. <gasps> we have the same initials when I use certain <laughs> parts of my names. B. A. S. So. Yes. <laughs> she's. Oh, I feel like Beth that's so difficult. S. H. Yeah. Yes. And I'm just Beth. So you have to guess when you only see Beth. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Who is this? All right. We're here with Beth, Beth, and Beth tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just call me Beth. Let's Anyhow. make it as confusing as possible. <laughs> you guys don't know who you're listening to. <laughs> this is Beth speaking. And this is Beth. And Beth. And we're so happy to have you here tonight. Thanks for tuning in. We are here with Beth Sheldon. Beth was born and raised in Columbiana, Ohio. She is a graduate of Columbiana High School, although she spent a year as a junior in Venezuela as a Rotary foreign exchange student. Which is amazing. She came back and met the love of her life, Rich. They got married when she was almost 20. They've been married for 40 years. They have six adult kids. 13, soon to be 16 grandkids. Wait, what? 13, soon to be 16? Yeah, three of oh them are pregnant gosh. right I'm sorry, now. T- it took me a moment. Uh, <laughs> That's crazy. Isn't that not awesome? They're multiplying yes. over there. Yes, it's we true. are. <laughs> Beth homeschooled. She was a homeschool teacher for 25 years. She was having babies for 11 years. So she had six kids pretty quickly after they got married and lots of babies, lots of homeschool. She's super smart because she's done fifth grade six times. (laughs) Yeah. Tell me. And senior year six times. So if you want to know anything, ask Beth. She's nannying (laughs) not this Beth, the other Beth. She's (laughs) she's nannying for two of her grandkids and she's also homeschooling the seven year old who's in first grade. Doing second grade work. She's advanced. She takes after her grandma. (laughs) Her and Rich are also caring for aging parents. They're doing property management. And they have been a part of the Upper Room since it started back in 1971. Just a reminder, we're coming up on our 50th anniversary. Incredible. The Kimple family knew the Striefler family, and they attended the Methodist Church. That's right. That is how they got connected to the upper room. They came on over with the Streeflers. Mm-hmm. So what was your experience going from the Methodist Church to the upper room? 
It was amazing because our hearts were on fire for Jesus, you know, in that period of our life, you know, God was moving powerfully in our nation, you know, through this hippie culture that we were not, we weren't necessarily hippies, but I was just a little scrawny, you know, 10 year old (laughs) that really just wanted to follow the big kids around. And I just was on fire for Jesus, even as a little girl, just wanting to, to just kind of follow in the footsteps of those that I saw were just pursuing him with their hearts so and I kind of grow up in that going to those creation events and those big mass gatherings of people just hungry for the things of the spirit hungry to worship and to yeah just grow up in the fullness of all God had for us and yeah so that was part of it so Beth and her family, the Kimples, and then her new family, the Sheldons, were a part of the upper room for 27 years. They went to Bible school in 1998 and went on a new adventure going to Bible school. They became pastors in Upper State New York and then Central PA, and then they spent a stint in Eastern PA, and then they came back about six years ago. They've been back at the upper yeah. room for six years, Yay. wanted to be <laughs> close to family. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. they wanted to be close to family and their parents to be here for them. So they've been back a part of our fellowship for six years. Rich and Beth (laughs) co-founded a 503C ministry called Heart to Heart Ministry, where they did mission work overseas, mostly in Mexico and Paraguay. Beth's been involved in prophetic and prayer ministries over the last 47 years. And we're so blessed to have them back at the Upper Room and also have Beth here tonight Mm -hmm. talking to us. So thanks for coming. You're welcome. I'm blessed to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's a lot of homeschooling. That is. That's Not like, all of them graduated homeschool. The, Rebecca and Jessica did. And then Emily went all the way through the, the 12 years. And then a lot of them started in the high school, like in love and the grade. I think Bethany wanted to play basketball. So everybody had their own journey through that. But the consistency was there was always someone, you know, on that journey of homeschooling once we got started. So, so yeah. five of their kids are still in Pennsylvania or mm-hmm. Upper State New York. And she yes. has one local daughter. That's mm-hmm. who she she's nannying for. So that's right. Family all over. When Beth and Rich are not at church on Sunday, it's because they're helping their kids in PA or upper New York. So tell us, Beth, what turned your light on? Well, I would say, you know, just being in a family that genuinely leaned into God with with the way that they lived their lives. And I know all of us that are a part of the Upper Room and in the history have, have known my parents, my mom and dad, Bill and Ella Mae Kimple, and they, they really sowed into our lives um, a love for the Word of God and for the Spirit and for people. You know, they were just very community-minded, and hospitality was a treasure for them to bring people into their home. We were raised bringing exchange students into our home from Japan and Mexico and embracing missionaries and culture. And so I was kind of like saturated with that love for people. And my dad, even as a businessman, really made loving people his priority. It wasn't about a sale with my dad. It was about really pointing them to the goodness of God and and just sharing his heart for the lost and for the gospel. The gospel was ready on his tongue. That's the father that I grew up with. And so just the way he modeled generosity and humility. And so I feel like a lot of the fruit of God's spirit was emulated through their example to me. I was a little flighty, scrawny, little (laughs) 
wild-hearted girl, you know, but very shy initially as a little girl. But I would kind of do things secretly to be showing who Jesus was. Like I remember making a little violet basket and putting all these little woodsy treasures inside of it and taking it over to Mrs. Gibbons up on Stanton Avenue, you know, and just leaving it, knocking on her door and running away, you know, and then just leaving a little note there. And I just feel like there's parts of me that I didn't want to really be in the limelight, so to speak, but I did want people to experience the love I knew Jesus had for them. And so I did it in kind of a (laughs) secretive way as a little girl, but there was still something brewing in me where I felt like my life was marked with purpose and destiny. And I didn't quite know how to figure it out as a little girl, but I wanted to find it and embrace it. And that's why by the time I was 16 and making plans to go to Venezuela, I was just ready. You Mm -hmm. know, I was just ready to try what felt scary, but I felt like I needed to just obey the doors that God was opening to me to go through. I feel like my church community and the people that I was groomed in the things of the Spirit with, I was nurtured <laughs> into a place where I was ready. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not normal, I guess, for everybody to just want to, at 16, run and run off to a place when you've never been on an airplane before and you're stepping onto a, a new ground in a language you can't speak with a family you don't know. And yet, I just see how through the years, the Lord used that particular marking experience in my life to really prepare me for consecutive experiences that mm-hmm. would come after that. You know, just do you see the trajectory of your life when you're looking back? I'll be 60 in July. And I think, Lord, how can this be? How can I be? But I just still feel like now more than ever, there's so much that is still birthing out of my life. And I know I've born a lot of natural children, but I feel like the spiritual side of what God's doing in me is just getting started. Mm -hmm. You know, like the bruise turned up to fuller strength, and I really want to run with him in this season. I'm looking forward to what this current new era of what's happening within the church is, is going to mean for all of us. And I'm talking about my experience in the Lord, my testimony. And my testimony is that, that I've been in the things of, of the Spirit from a child. So part of me is I feel like that is a good thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes we, we try to disqualify what we've been given to carry. Mm-hmm. I just feel like by the grace of God, you know, my life has been able to cherish that <laughs> and just really honor the investment that God's made in me because I want it to count for what he can reproduce as I pour my life out into other people. And I don't do it perfectly, but I, I do it with passion. And I feel like I carry a unique piece of his heart in this journey forward. And I'm looking forward to what, what we're going to share as a church family mm-hmm. in the days ahead. So if we could all get a hold of that for our own selves and our own stories, like the confidence that you have that your story is unique, your mm-hmm. gifts are purposeful, and that you see value in that. I feel like I come in contact with a lot of people who say, well, my story is this. It's just it's just this. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are looking for like the razzmatazz. The, the razzmatazz. <laughs> yes. Like I had this crazy story right. and these wild <laughs> experiences. Yeah. But I love that mm-hmm. you see the huge value for all of your moments yes. even as an introverted little girl yeah. that those were purposeful and there was intent to all of those moments yes 
And if we could get one of the things I really appreciate, I think that when Bill Johnson made this statement, you know, we can't afford to have a thought in our head that God doesn't have in, in his about us, something along those lines. You know, I feel like through the years of my journey with Jesus, he has consistently challenged me not to rehearse thoughts in my head that aren't, that aren't in his about me. And I've struggled with different things in my life, one of them being perfectionism that he's had to really deal with me about and break off of my life. And I'd say, another area would be like, I don't know, just a struggle with feeling okay with being seen. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? And I feel like as I've journeyed into these later years of my life, I feel like we are called to shine. <laughs> we are called to have that bold confidence that we carry in who we are and our unique testimony. Our, our design is mm -hmm. purposeful in the heart of our creator. And so when we uncover what he actually sees and we begin to see it for ourselves, it makes a world of difference in our capacity to flourish in our shining. You know what I mean? Because I think it's easy to shine in spurts, but I feel like part of what, what a mature grace comes into our life for shining, it carries with it a resilience to continue. You know what I mean? No matter what atmosphere we're in, no matter who we're with, there's there's more of a consistency that comes in our shining when we're confident, when we right. know who we are. I do appreciate yes. your confidence. Yes. I appreciate the way that you shine because it's a humble but confident light mm -hmm. and Again, I feel like if we could grasp mm -hmm. that, the importance of each person's call. Mm -hmm. Beth, tell us what lights you up. Well, family really lights me up, <laughs> for sure. And part of the passion that I have is for the rising generations. You know, I think that's part of what got stirred in me back in 2019 when Clem Ferris had that prophetic word over Rich and I. And a lot of what he spoke to us is that we are going to be a part of getting the body of Christ ready, you know, with some of his wording and just being those that call people to readiness, like with that equipping grace of a parent, you know, of, of someone who's kind of gone a little bit ahead in the journey and is really wanting to see that the generations that are rising now embrace with bold confidence who God's created them to be and not drag their feet about it because we can't afford that right now. And mm -hmm. in, in the day and the culture we're living in right now, our voice has to be discovered and we have to let it go. <laughs> We have to let the voice that God's given us be heard, and things are not going to be birthed unless we take a proactive stance toward God's agenda for the church right now. And so part of it for me is I feel this sense of urgency. It's not a an anxious urgency, but it's more of an urgency of now is the time. Come on, let's go. That kind of a an agenda in God's heart is like He's ready. He's looking for engagement from us as his kids. We need spiritual parents that are strong and mature and not insecure and hidden in the shadows. We need to come out of our hiding so that we can call the rising generations up into their full shining. You know, we can't do that without apologizing for our experiences and our stories. You know what I mean? Sometimes you can fall into this habit of I, what I carry isn't significant, or I don't have much to offer, or I don't have the ability to make myself understood, or whatever your, your internal narrative is, you know, whatever we're rehearsing inside our heads, if it's diminishing what we're called to do for mm -hmm. the world right now, 
right now yep. for the kingdom of God to advance mm-hmm. into culture and into influence, areas of influence, then I feel like we've got to come out of that, that settled state of, I'm just going to wait and see, watch and see, look and see what might happen. And maybe nobody will notice me over here, you know, that, but I feel like, no, God's calling all hands on deck. You know, we've got to really pursue with intentionality what our peace is in that and see it come to flourishing, come to fullness and encourage one another along the way, you know, because we're not going to do it in isolation. We're not going to do it as a spectator. We're really going to have to be able to do it in unity and in in unison and with our unique voice being expressed out into those that we're called to reach. And we're not in competition for that. You know what I mean? It can all be done in this amazing collaboration. And I'm really looking forward to what that's going to begin to look like in the days that we're living in right now. So... That's one thing I really appreciate about the upper room is mm-hmm. our generations that we have here. Yes. And, yes. you know, we have great so good. grandmothers who mm-hmm. are in our midst that their grandchildren are having kids now. And so I think there's a mm. beauty in that of having all of the generations together so under good. one roof. And Yeah. Yes. And I think that's so important. And But I also think it comes back to what we discuss so often is the necessity mm-hmm. for mentoring yes. or having someone to walk alongside people. Yeah, absolutely. Can you tell us about your project that you're working on? Yes. Um, after Clem spoke that word, he spoke a word over, over me about a business anointing as a Proverbs 31 woman. And he talked about there'd be a marketing grace on me. And so we began to pursue kingdom-minded entrepreneurship is basically what I began to kind of put myself out there, began to do some research. And he used some wording in the prophetic word that was spoken over us about for such a time as this. And then something came across my email, a 414 challenge out of Esther 414 for such a time as this. And this was a a gentleman who was um, offering a school for kingdom entrepreneurship. And he was just explaining about how to become a powerful kingdom influencer in the marketplace. And so we signed on, made a huge investment investment for us, what felt like a huge investment for us to buy into this school and to begin to receive training in some of these ideas of in order to market a message online that's going to expand reach to challenge our generation. And what I felt challenged to do was begin to write a book called Glory to Glory Grandparenting to really reach the baby boomer generation and awaken them, get them into a state of readiness to be fully activated in the call that God has on their life for right now in order to influence the rising generations for the kingdom of God to advance. And so that's part of what we've been in for the past two years. We just signed on for a second year with the school. Some of the learning curve for me as an older person is just the all the click funnels and all these strange terminologies and, and managing Facebook accounts and ads. So I'm on a big learning curve, but I'm hungry to learn and I'm willing to learn. And so I'm pursuing that, but I'm also... Um, just as far as across the generations, I'm pursuing more intimate connection with my own grandchildren. And so I wrote a children's story called Wonder, and I invited my granddaughter, my oldest granddaughter, who just turned 16, Eleanor. She, I invited her to illustrate the book for me. And so she's working on like 28 illustrations for this book, you know. And it's about a little girl, about her growing in her identity as a daughter of God, and about her relationship. She kind of goes into the woods on an adventure and she hears a bird song 
which ends up being a symbol for the Holy Spirit. And so it's just a journey with this little girl discovering the Holy Spirit so that she can call out identity and destiny in other people. And she ends up doing that with little animals in the woods and things like that. But it reminded me going backwards a little bit. One day, Eleanor, for my birth, she knows I love birds. And my dad's nickname for me was Bethy Bird. And I love even bird jewelry bird. You know, I just love birds, you know, and just that idea, that concept of just soaring into higher places. And so she made me a little book. It was back when we were living on Balmoral. And I don't know if you remember the Burleson's backyard, but it's it's got a nice rolling pitch. And they had birdhouses. I put a bunch of birdhouses in the backyard and they would come for a visit and watch and just kind of look at all these birds. Well, she just intricately drew me all these bird drawings of every bird she saw on one of her visits. And at the end of the back of the book, she said, Eleanor Luthien Beachy is an artist and illustrator, and this is one of the of the many books that she will be producing into the future. You know, and this is as an 11-year-old. She's 16 now. But it reminds me, you know, just that she was uninhibited in recognizing a grace that her life carried an anointing for that. And then she kind of entered into her teen years, and it became a bit more of a step, trip, struggle mm-hmm. for a little bit of it. But now she's like, coming back into her flourishing again and just really pushing her artwork to a whole new level and shining through that venue, that that ability that God has given her. And it just reminds me, you know, we need to be there to kind of be the impetus sometimes behind when we begin to lose our way and fall under the shadow of doubt of, is this grace I carry significant? Is it something worthwhile that I have to offer? And I think, you know, as if we could, as a generation cross over some of those perceived walls that we think are there. There's such value in interacting at that level with one another. Another one of the things that we do on a weekly basis with my daughters and my daughters-in-law, we got on a weekly prayer call and we just minister to one another on Monday nights, you know, at least, at least for an hour and just pray over anything arising in our family and just things like that where we have communion together at the end of the call. And it's just like we get raw and vulnerable with one another, but it's like it's another way, another means, and not everybody's going to do it the same way. But I'm just sharing you some of the pieces of what is gold to me, my life, because those connecting points from a distance, they have to be made intentionally or they're not going to happen. They're not going to happen accidentally. And and I think sometimes even when we're rubbing shoulders here in the church, you know, there's people around us and you get a sensing. I mean, we know what a nudge from the Holy Spirit's all about. I believe those of us who are, are long enough in the Lord, we know when he's given us a little nudge reach there. That person needs you right now, you know, Mm -hmm. and it can happen, yes, in the context of a small group, but I think that the obedience of responding then and seeing where the Holy Spirit will take that is huge because unless those connecting points begin to happen, they can't lead anywhere. And I feel like more and more the Lord's going to be putting a little bit or higher level of pressure on us to respond to him 
to just be obedient and say, hey, <laughs> you know, this person <laughs> really could use you right now, really could use you to, to lean on or whatever the case might be. It's going to depend on what he's saying. But I think that modeling, one of the things that I feel like my life has been able to carry with honor and grace is just I recognize when the Holy Spirit has something to say and I don't want to grieve him. And I don't want to quench what he wants to do. And I feel like our generation ha- carries some of that responsibility to model that for the generations that are rising up after us, because you're going to have to run hard <laughs> into the fullness of what God's about to do in the realm of his kingdom. And yeah, it's not that we're, I'm not talking about striving. I'm talking about running. I'm talking about keeping in step and staying in sync with what he's doing. So for those of you who are grandparents, Hmm. not too long from now, Beth will have her glory to glory grandparenting (laughs) mentorship group going. Yes. Right, Beth? We have a deadline. Yes, we have a deadline. (laughs) Yeah, we're trying to get... She's writing her book and she's turning her draft in. Yeah, and what we're going to do is we're going to get online. We're going to do what's called an online challenge. And we're going to invite people into that for free. And then we're going to try it for those who want to make it a more long-term relational connection. We're going to lead people toward membership and commitment so that we can build community and be accountable to one another and have a space for vulnerability and prayer. And one of the things that came out, that's why I brought that prophetic word with me, is just that he talked about you're going to be interacting with people in an online space. And it's not going to be about the money. It's going to be about the prayers. They're going to be prayer assignments. It's going to be about the relationship. And so I feel like God's going to do some things that are outside our box. You know, and we're like, how are we going to handle those movements in one another's lives? I feel like this is not easy for me, to be honest. You know, this is uncomfortable, but it's good. And it's what God's asking of me right now. He's pushed me into uncomfortable many times before, and that's okay. You're going into the consulting business. <laughs> I guess, if you want to call it that. Yes. Well, thank Plan. you for being obedient to thank what you. you feel like God's calling you into. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there is definitely a need for that. And it's going to be really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited for what you're doing. Thank you. Because mentoring is so important. But this is such a fascinating take on mm-hmm. mentoring and speaking into people's lives. It's just different yes. when it becomes family. It's different when it becomes generational family. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you, too, that mm-hmm. I really do feel like there's something about now mm-hmm. yes. that obedience is important. It truly is. I feel like we're moving into places that are going to feel a little stretching. And yes. Yeah. So thank you for being yeah. an example of obedience in discomfort. You're welcome. It reminds me of the scripture, Matthew 18, 3. It talks about unless we embrace the kingdom with the wide-eyed wonder of a child, we're not going to be able to enter in it. And I feel like as a child, children are so uninhibited. And there's probably a reason why God's had me nannying for the past six years. Because, I mean, it keeps your heart regenerating back towards this is as it should be. You know, there's freedom and just trusting with that uninhibited faith. And I feel like that has to be sustained even in the oldest generation among us. You know what I mean? We have to sustain that childlikeness of faith and of momentum and of children just move. (laughs) When they see something they want to go after, they'll go after it, even if it's dangerous for them. I mean, I had my grandkids on a playground today and they were trying things. I'm like, (laughs) you know what I mean? But it's just like, God, let them. 
And you got to not only let them, but encourage them to do what's hard and to do what's a bit scary and to do what's a bit risky and sa- and feels unsafe in the first analysis. Because often those are the, those are the things in the spirit realm and in, in the kingdom realm that take us to where God's wanting us to go. So we got to go with it. We got to be childlike and embrace and learn like a child. Because if we inhibit that by overanalyzing or just sitting back and just the wait and see kind of an attitude, it's not going to produce what God needs from us right now. I feel like the word is engage. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, let's go. Even if it's hard, even if it feels like feel underqualified or uncertain, I just say embrace the uncertainty because you've got someone holding on to you that's going to carry you through to the other side. He wouldn't have asked it of you if you weren't the right one for the assignment. And uh, there's going to be a lot of assignments being released, you know, kind of feel like up for grabs. (laughs) Some of them because the people that should be latching onto them have not. I mean, that might sound harsh and hard, but as a mama... As a mama bear, I'd be like, you know what? Don't lose out on that. God wants that for you. Don't say no to what I'm I'm saying. Yes, you can. I'm saying yes, you can. And there's so much opportunity for that right now in the spirit. We have to go after it like a child. Well, Beth, you have been letting your light shine in the family arena for Mm -hmm. 39 years. Mm -hmm. I remember babysitting your older kids. But (laughs) it's so beautiful that you have a weekly call with your four daughters and two daughter-in-laws, and you Mm -hmm. guys are in seven different cities, Mm -hmm. and yet you make that Mm -hmm. priority. I think sometimes people are like, oh, my kids are all over the place, but Mm -hmm. you are intentionally carving out that time, and I'm sure they look forward to it, but you're knitting your hearts together by doing that. So Mm -hmm. I think that that is amazing that you do that as a family. How else are you intentionally trying to let your light shine in this season of your life? Well, some of it is just like serving our aging parents right now, just being present for them and just honoring them in their journey in these last years of their life and really wanting to speak life over them and pray into the things that matter for them and helping them with some of their planning for end of life things. And yeah, Rich just lost his mom here uh, in the end of January. And so it's just, it's a new space, a new place for us. We're kind of all over the place traveling between homes and appointments and families, but just counting that as a joy and an honor. I just feel like how they have honored us with their loving, we get to sew back in, you know, right now in some very special and meaningful ways and seeking to do that with some kind of an intentionality. Being there for a meal or showing up just to pray when I know my mom's not looking forward to any dialysis treatment she has, but she knows that she's got support and she's got a family that's loving on her and just helping with yard work or whatever, just those practical things matter to God. I mean, it's part of our journey of doing life together as a family and looking for opportunities that they may not want to bring up. You know what I mean? Sometimes that's a part of it that we need to acknowledge needs to be done. And we're on a learning curve, but we're willing to be teachable. You know, we're willing to say, Jesus, help us. And I think sometimes some of his sweetest revelation comes when I just sit with him and give him a chance to talk back to me, you know, and just uh, speak his heart to me about what my piece is in it. We're not called to do all things, but with the clarity that he wants to give us to what we are called to. I think there's opportunities just to sit and wait with him 
and let him drop some nuggets into our heart about how we can be serving better in this particular scenario with our aging parents or whether it's with our kids or our grandkids. We had a difficult conversation with one of our kids on the travel back from New York and you know, some things were brought up that there was an offense, you know, and so what are you going to do when you feel like I'm already given, you can take on this mindset, I guess, I'm already given too much to juggle here, God. What are you saying? I mean, is it not enough? <laughs> you know, I'm just kind of opening up the window on some of the inner struggle and goes on inside my head, but I feel like he just kind of sought to calm the waters in me again and just say, no, wait a minute. I've got the perspective here for what needs to happen in this conversation and moving forward because, you know, there's the, the difficult conversations with your kids as they're growing and struggling and wanting more time with you. And you can't be divided. You can only be divided so much and in so many places at once. And we had six kids. I mean, we're not going, taking that back, you know, and we, we got, you know, this lovely, awesome, diverse, multifaceted, amazing family. But Jesus, help us. <laughs> we need stewardship. And I feel like that's another word that his, he, his spirit keeps bringing to mind. I can teach you healthy stewardship because at our last, we, we run a Christmas house every other year and we go like to Virginia Beach and, and we just all as a united uh, extended family come together. And at last count, that's before these new three babies are coming. There are 703 relationships just amongst us, the 27 in our family right now. That's mind boggling to me. Mm -hmm. And I share that as we sat, we we, we get together at, on those Christmas gatherings and we, we pray over each other. We set vision for the year ahead or the two years coming up and speak prophetically over one another's lives. And so, and so, and so just fun and purposefulness in what we're doing together. I feel like Jesus is just saying, just let me hone the perspective for you. It doesn't have to be as complicated as you try to make it feel. You're going to feel, you know, when you, when hard things come at you as a parent or as a grandparent, but you still have to steward what happens on the other side of those feelings. And so I'm really, I'm trusting Jesus more these days mm. because I want to do it well. And stewarding my life well really does matter to me. It really does. I've never thought about it that way. So a family of five, like my family of five, we have 20 relationships stewarding amongst us. Mm -hmm. You have 703? What did 703, you say? There's, <laughs> there, every person has 20, 26 other relationships. So it's 20, 27 times 26. It's just whatever that yeah. is, you know, every one of us, and now it'll be 29. So it'll be, you know, that 28 times 29 or whatever. There'll be 29 relationships times 28 other people. And so whatever that is, that's a lot of relationships just in a family context. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm saying, you know, we can, we can feel like, God, I can't tend to all these details. And I feel like he's saying to me, I am. <laughs> I am. I'm the ever-present one, and you know you want to be present with the one you're with. And I feel like that is so powerful. If you do it with intentionality and you don't allow yourself to sideline on something that isn't for that moment with the person you're with, you're better off. I'm trying to discipline my mind more as, as I get older to just stay in the stream of his thought, the mind of a child. So a child's not going to be 
stressed out <laughs> about whether everybody's completely pleased with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's okay. You know, I, I feel the love. And I know that there's been many, many difficulties that we've weathered as a family. <laughs> you know, some of them, many of them. It's in the context of community that life can be grabbed by the horns and really appreciated for the worth that's gleaned from the difficult things. I really do want to pursue these years that we're living in now with a greater sense of stewardship and intentionality in relationships, especially. So, And that's just mm, your, mm, your and Rich's family, yes. but you had five kids in your family. Yeah. So, and Rich had eight. There yeah. were eight of yeah, them. Eight, eight you guys siblings. Got, you got a lot yeah, of Yeah, there's lots of going, going on. on around there. Yeah. <laughs> lots going on. I talked one Sunday about your core, your inner, hmm. you got a crowded inner, <laughs> inner <laughs> yes. circle just with yeah, your kids. That's and sure. that's beautiful, though. And mm. I love how you are so intentional about connecting with your grandkids and, mm. you know, going to Christmas every mm. other year. So mm -hmm. as the whole family and renting a house, that's beautiful. Yeah. And if you don't mind, one other thing I wanted to bring up is, you know, one of the things that I've learned is that my kids make me rich. You know, Emily started this prayer call. It was her, you know, it was the inspiration of the Holy Spirit on her that got this going. It wasn't my idea, but I was, yes, let's do it, you know. One of the things that I've practiced as well as a mom and as a grandma is when my kids call me to have a conversation, I grab a notebook and a pencil. And I write the revelation that they speak out of their mouth. And I record, I, I try to lean in. That's one of the ways that I pursue with intentionality, the ways that the Spirit of God is speaking to me through them and their unique expression. And I feel like that is another way we can steward and value what each one carries. And I do. There's times when I'm like, wait a minute, don't say another word. If I don't have that notebook with me, I go get it. Because they're dropping nuggets for me that I know God is It's like a direct line from God's heart. And so I feel like, you know, there's something about stewardship for the body of Christ right now that we really need to... I don't think I'm an isolated incident or person person in this, I feel like there has to be a leaning in. What you bring to me, I value. I really want you to feel the flow of that being communicated back to you when you're speaking to me. Eye to eye, it can't, might be over the phone, but it's usually over the phone because most of our kids are at a distance. But I'm still just saying that there is such a treasure that's being released. And it's like, you know, when someone preaches a sermon on a Sunday and then you ask him the next few days, what did, what did they say? You know, what did you learn from the sermon? You know, it's like, well, it depends on how you stewarded that message mm -hmm. and what you did with the seed that was sown. And like when I step in that sanctuary on a Sunday morning after coming out of the prayer room, I am scanning that congregation. And I'm scanning my brothers and sisters and I'm asking the Holy Spirit, what are you up to today? What are you doing? I want to be in it. I mm -hmm. want to be in the flow of it. I want to know if there's anything you have to tug on me to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's that intentionality is what I'm saying is so precious. I love that. There's part of me mm -hmm. as being someone in the church with you who mm -hmm. appreciates that so much because mm -hmm. there's so much power and value to you mm -hmm. stepping into what's happening not only on a Sunday morning, but just in general with the, with the body of Christ saying like, I want to participate. Yes. I am here yeah. not as an observer, but I am here as a participant. Yes. Like I am here to serve. So I yes. walk in this building on a Sunday morning and yes, I will worship 
worship. And yes, mm-hmm. I will listen to the sermon. Mm-hmm. But inside of those things, you are also there mm-hmm. to do a host of other things. Yeah, That is mm-hmm. what I want for the whole body of Christ yes. or for everyone to walk in on a Sunday morning mm-hmm. with that mindset. Like, okay, mm-hmm. who do I serve this morning? Yes. Who do I speak life into this morning? Mm-hmm. What is God speaking? Mm-hmm. I mean, even mm-hmm. just comes down to sometimes just what, what do you want me to pray for? Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that mindset. And I feel like it Mm. should be everyone's mindset because the Christian church, big C Mm -hmm. church, I think has just become across the board a very like Mm -hmm. you go in and you do your time, you show up, you worship Mm -hmm. for a couple of songs, you listen to the sermon. And maybe Mm -hmm. three days later, Mm -hmm. maybe Mm -hmm. you can remember what you heard. You know what I mean? But just getting out of Mm. those habits Yes. Or the way that mm. the American church is kind of, I don't Entertain know. Entertain me. Yeah. Where it's just, where it's not about entertainment, mm. it's about participating in servanthood. It yes, is. Yes, it is. Stewardship. stewardship. Yes, it's so much about yeah, that. Yeah, it no. is. It's stewardship in our daily lives, mm-hmm. but also stewardship when we are together mm-hmm. as the body. Mm-hmm. Because giving yes. room for the Holy Spirit to work and move when we're all in that mindset Mm, it's powerful. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. No, that's <laughs> go good. Well, I would, I would encourage moms out there when you come in on Sunday and if you want Beth to pray for you, she's on the ministry team mm-hmm. on a rotation, but look her up and have her pray for you because she definitely stewards family beautifully and has a ton of experience as a mother and a grandma. And a daughter and a sister, you know, she's just so mm-hmm. rich in family. So I would just, that's an area where you feel like you're struggling in or you want a breakthrough. I would just encourage you to look Beth up on a Sunday morning. Yes. Blonde Beth. <laughs> Short blonde Beth, not tall brunette Beth. No. <laughs> I'll pray not, for you too. Yes. No, <laughs> not, but look, look Beth Sheldon up and mm-hmm. have her pray for you. I would do it with an honored heart. <laughs> yeah. I forgot to tell you in the bio about <laughs> Beth, the but Beth loves creative writing, especially poetry. She wrote for our Shine Bright Women's newsletter. You guys probably heard her poetry about women's friendships. She's a gardener. She loves being outdoors. She, she told you she loves birds, but also woods and flowers. Very creative, but... We're blessed to be out at Lampost to be able to drink in a lot of that creative beauty that's mm-hmm. springing up out there right now. So I had my hands in my in the dirt before I got here tonight. Oh my so gosh. it's there's it. a lot to do over there. I bet <laughs> fun stuff. All right. Yeah. So on top of your mm-hmm. hobbies, mm-hmm. is there any other random information you'd love to share? Oh my goodness, I don't know. <laughs> I was going to share that story about Eleanor, but I already did. You know, just working on that book together has been one of the joys of my life, you know, and just, um, I don't know, there's whatever you carry, you know, as far as your your giftings. I was reading that scripture today about if it's prophecy, prophesy, if it's teaching, teach it, if it's serving, serve, if it's, you know, that wholeheartedness of, because for the body to flourish, every heart has to do its function. And I felt like, you know, sitting down and inviting the scrutiny of the Holy Spirit in me, how well am I responding to what you've given me to steward with my life? And I feel like there's always a way to come up higher into his mindset 
about what he's up to with us. And so I want to just be open to the new things that he's doing. His thoughts are so much higher than ours. And so I'm really looking forward to just stewarding the revelation he's going to release on this body in the days Mm -hmm. that we're in right now. And I do want to see that glorious collaboration in my brothers and sisters here, just bringing it out into the light and calling each other up higher into the mind of Christ for us. And the impact that's going to have on the community is going to be phenomenal. I have a question. Yes. What's your question? So Beth, when you ever get time for yourself, Hmm. tell us what you want to do. Ah. (laughs) It could just be maybe an hour somewhere, but tell us how you spend your me time. I like to write poetry. Actually, I really get a lot of enjoyment out of sometimes all my mind will grasp on a concept like in a message or a circumstantial thing that's happening. And it, it just kind of pierces me in a unique kind of way. And I'll just sit with the Lord at my dining room table or up in my bedroom if it's early in the morning and just kind of wait and see where he wants to flow with it. And so that's very nourishing to me to just be able to bring a creative expression to the mind of Christ as it flows through me. And as that's being formed and coming to birth on a page, knowing that there's an incredible untapped potential for where those words will go and how Jesus can use those words if we give permission to him. And I've struggled with putting my work out, just publishing some of the stuff that I've done. But I feel like God is really challenging me. You know what? Don't be selfish (laughs) with what you've been, this piece of you, part of one of those things that I've trusted you with, because it does bring me joy. Well, it's been so fun to get to know you more. And again, Mm -hmm. moms, if you need some prayer, come and find Beth Sheldon. Thanks for coming today. Make sure you tune in next week for another special guest. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.